This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Dr. Brittany Hale Kohler, known as Dr. Hale. She is a residency trained optometrist and a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. As a spouse of an army optometrist, she has practiced in Florida, Texas, Washington State, and Hawaii over the past eight years. Her connection to the alopecia community began six years ago when she was diagnosed with alopecia areata, resulting in an ongoing and challenging journey of hair loss and regrowth. We are talking about eye health and alopecia today. The loss of our brows and lashes play an important role in eye health, and Dr. Hale is giving us ideas on how we can help improve our own eye health now and for the future. Brittany, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I have been really looking forward to this episode. You and I met a few years ago at an event that Jamie Elmore put on, and I was just really kind of fascinated by your story. You were, maybe you were in the, in the middle of your alopecia story. You were in between loss and growth, I think, at the time. Yes, mostly lost though. It was awesome connecting with that alopecia support group. And that was definitely a huge segue into me accepting my condition and growing from that and just connecting with others uh, as you're like yourself. So I really did enjoy, you know, that, that time and connecting with that group when I did live in Seattle. So yeah, yeah. And you are now in Hawaii. I am. Yeah. Yes. We're all a little bit jealous right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Still adjusting, but, but excited for uh, the future and us living here. So, yeah. So you are here as a guest on the show because we are talking about eye health and you are an optometrist. Yes. Yeah. And I would love to hear what your take is on folks when they're living with alopecia and they've lost their eyelashes and eyebrows and what a crucial role those lashes and brows play for us. Sure. So a lot of people, I don't think realize how important eyelashes and eyebrows are. Um, they're not just uh, to look pretty, you know, they, they frame your face, they definitely add to your appearance, but they play a very vital role in protecting your eyes, your, especially your eyelashes. They protect debris and different things from getting in your eyes and possibly obstructing your vision or causing blurry vision or even potentially causing infection and injury. If you get debris and different things in your eyes, sometimes the response is to rub your eyes or, you know, to to put drops in your eyes or some type of water or lubricant or or something like that. But it's really important to understand that those hairs on, you know, your eyebrows and your eyelashes play a role in protecting your eyes as well. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people I'm, I'm listening to, especially during allergy season, right? And that falls in a different space for everybody, right? Like just for you, you're in Hawaii. So the allergy genes are going to be different mm-hmm. than somebody in say, you know, Eastern 
Europe or anything like that. So the allergens hit at different time of year. What's the least amount of, let's just say pharmaceuticals, let's just say that, that you can do to help your eyes out during that time of year when it's just, you know, horrible for, for folks, for allergens? Sure. So on the conservative side, you can always use over-the-counter artificial tears. You know, you do not need a prescription for those. You can even get the preservative-free formulation, which, you know, some people are allergic to some of the preservatives that help to keep the eye drops safe to use in a bottle. But, you know, preservative-free artificial tears, um, if you are wanting to go more of a therapeutic route, even still over-the-counter, There are topical antihistamine drops that you can use also to get immediate relief from itching that you can sometimes use once or twice a day. And then, you know, if it is more severe or you're needing something a little bit stronger, an optometrist or an other eye care professional can prescribe things like steroids and, you know, other types of medications on the conservative side as well. If, you know, you're really trying to stay away from therapeutic options, you can always use a cool compress, you know, just go to your bathroom, get a cool rag, put it over your eyes. You want to really avoid rubbing though, because that can cause further issues um, and potentially damage to the eye. Right. Do you ever suggest using heat at all? Not for allergies. I find that cool compresses work better. Heat, uh, you know, we call those warm compresses versus cool compresses. Mm -hmm. Heat would be better for certain types of infections with the eye lid, like styes or um, infectious bumps and things like that, where you're um, really trying to kind of break up some of that inflammatory material. Another thing that we use warm compresses for would be inflammatory conditions of the eyelid, not necessarily infectious, but if someone's glands in their eyelids are clogged, that is a really beneficial therapy that you can use to just kind of warm up a rag. There are even types of masks that you can get that can apply heat to the eyelids where you can massage your eyelids and help to really express that oil that helps with the tear film. That'll probably segue into a different component of our discussion with dry eye. Warm compresses really help with inflammatory conditions and dry eye symptoms as well. Did you ever deal with any of this when you didn't have any eyelashes? You have eyelashes now, right? Yes. And I actually never lost my eyelashes. Okay. I, I may have, and not, not to a full extent. It was really hard to tell. I think they got a little sparse. It, it was just a very severe form of alopecia areata. I, I didn't mm-hmm. really experience the eyebrow and eyelash loss to the extent um, of some others, but I certainly know how challenging that can be uh, for individuals that that experience that. Yeah. And I've heard that folks sometimes, especially for little kids, you know, who they don't want to start doing the drops constantly. They mm-hmm. might use glasses that don't have, of course, a prescription in them. Do you find yes. that that is an effective method as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We recommend glasses, even if they're non-prescription for a variety of reasons. For the one that you just mentioned, providing protection if you don't have a means of of having eyelashes or eyebrows, you know, some women may put false eyelashes on, which can sometimes Mm -hmm. come with its own issues, but for children, yeah, especially having glasses on and that can even segue into protecting you from the sun as well. Mm -hmm. Having that UV protection that can be an added benefit to having glasses on your face. Another reason this is kind of off topic, but another reason that we recommend glasses for people that don't need prescriptions is if they may have one eye that is severely compromised. So Mm -hmm. if one eye doesn't see very well, even if you don't need a prescription for the other eye, you want to protect your eyes. 
So, you know, that was, that's definitely something that we recommend. Yeah. I hadn't even considered the whole thing about UV protection because those lashes, they just provide that little bit of protection from the UV, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard things like corneal abrasion, kids that really rub their eyes so hard and you just can't really prevent them from doing it. What, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Is it that cold compress or what do you recommend for situations like that for kids living with alopecia? So cold compresses, yes. I think the biggest thing is making sure that they have a healthy tear film, you know, so if they are having issues, I do recommend visiting an eye care professional to maybe find out if there are any eye conditions that are present that you might not be aware of. Dry eye has always been an issue and it's a more common issue with younger people now for various reasons, increased screen time, Mm -hmm. you know, digital devices, allergies that can kind of coexist with potential dry eye symptoms. So uh, your tears play a very vital role as well in uh, maintaining the health of your eye, providing clear vision, and protecting your eye from infection and injury as well. So if the eyes are dry, especially if you're rubbing them or, you know, potentially getting debris and things in your eye, that can put you at a higher risk of getting a corneal abrasion. And it can also put you at risk of When I think about eye rubbing and constant eye rubbing, I think about a condition called keratoconus, which a lot of people don't know about, but it's not exactly rare. It occurs in individuals that have certain conditions like eczema, atopic dermatitis Mm. that rub their eyes often. And, you know, sometimes those conditions can coexist with alopecia as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alopecia very often, I'm sure you know this, coexists with autoimmune conditions and various skin conditions. Mm -hmm. So going back to my point about rubbing eyes, you know, definitely want to visit an eye care professional if you do notice those signs in your children, just to find out if there's something that needs to be treated or there are things that you can do at home. How do you identify what care is it keratoconus? Keratoconus. Mm -hmm. And then what keratoconus is, is it's a progressive condition of the cornea, which is that very first layer of your eye where you can, you can actually touch your cornea. I wouldn't advise doing it, (laughs) but the very first layer of the front of your eye in the center of the eye. So not the white part, but keratoconus is where the cornea actually progressively thins and turns into a, actually more of a cone shape rather than, you know, a flatter curvature. And so that can cause potentially severe vision problems later on down the road. So it has been rubbing eyes and different allergy conditions has been linked to that condition. Like I said, it's always good to to have those annual eye exams, you know, just for wellness visits, just to make sure even if you see fine, you know, have a wellness check. Early detection is key for many conditions, including eye conditions. So, mm-hmm. And you've provided some great resources that I'll include in the show notes for eye care and things that we can do to kind of just increase our eye health. Would you recommend as an optometrist some vitamins and things that are helpful for us? Yes. So a lot of people um, see the commercials about lutein and zeaxanthin. So I'm going to start with those because those are probably the most common commercials that we see. Mm -hmm. I would recommend those for older individuals that have an increased risk for a condition called macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't really recommend those types of vitamins and supplementations for just the general public. It won't Mm -hmm. hurt, but it's not really going to help. Things that you can do as far as vitamin supplementation, as well as dietary supplementation, 
is increase your omega-3 fish oil, flaxseed oil, things like that. That can help with overall inflammation in the body. And it can also help to support the tear film. Like I said earlier, you know, we're kind of going back to dry eye, which you'll hear me Mm -hmm. reference a lot, but it's just because it's a lot more prevalent than it used to be in many different age groups, backgrounds. Unfortunately, women are a little higher at risk, a little older age, a little bit higher at risk, but a lot of these environmental factors and lifestyle factors as well, including digital devices and, and where you live can affect your tear film without you really knowing it. So, you know, really supplementing your diet, the Western diet in particular does not get enough of the omega-3 and the fatty acids and flaxseed oil, those types of things. So Mm -hmm. really being conscious about what you are consuming and supplementing with those types of oils can really help with your tear film. Awesome. Now, are there a lot of studies going into eye health and like you said, the digital devices piece of it right now? Oh, constantly. One thing in particular that patients ask me about are the blue light, you know, filters. That's mm-hmm. that's a big thing. There's still ongoing research as far as the long-term effects of increased blue light exposure, but you know, it really does not hurt to have a blue light filter on your glasses. Some places even do it for free. You know, it really just depends on where you go. Something that you can do that is very effective is doing the 20, 20, 20 rule. What that means is every 20 minutes or so taking 20 seconds, looking 20 feet away. So if you're on a digital device, kids, adults, anybody who's, you know, working and and being in school, we're always on our digital devices. And it's really important to force yourself to really look away, look out a window, down a hallway, um, just get your eyes off that screen because that can potentially, everyone's different, but it can potentially cause issues with focusing, with the eyes teaming together and with dry eye. Awesome. This has been fantastic. There's so much to know. And I love how, you know, you keep coming back to dry eye because I think that that is probably so much of our tear ducts. And even like when we talk about flying on airplanes, right? We even talk about how how dry our eyes get and then how how our throat gets dry too. And they're telling us to drink water every so often because that is like just a haven for. (laughs) And drinking water is great for eye health. It's great for eye health. It's great for everything, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Would you like to add anything else that we haven't already talked about? I'd love to hear more if you have some. So I think what also is important is the eye or ocular manifestations that happen with some of the medications that patients may use to treat their alopecia. Looking at the most common, and and we're kind of talking about alopecia areata, so the non-scarring division of alopecia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have the number one non-scarring would be androgenic, androgenic, I'm sorry, which Mm -hmm. is the male and female pattern. Um, hair loss, but alopecia is definitely second. Um, it's, it's very common, you know, 2% of the global population and 6.8 million individuals in the U S. Um, so, so very common. And a lot of the times the first line of therapy are steroids, Mm -hmm. whether they are topical, whether they are, um, injected or oral steroids, even sometimes too. And Mm -hmm. steroids carry, a lot of side effects. Some of these side effects can be ocular or pertaining to the eye. I wouldn't say these are exactly common, but for sure, prolonged use of steroids can potentially lead to the formation of cataracts. You know, everyone's heard of of cataracts and mainly they relate it to people that are older in age. But sometimes when you are using more likely oral 
the pill formulation Mm -hmm. of steroids. If it's for a long duration, a long period of time, it can put you at risk for developing early cataracts. Segwaying into other autoimmune conditions, it's important to keep in mind that alopecia does coexist with other autoimmune conditions sometimes. Some of them can be more serious, you know, your lupus, diabetes, certain types of diabetes can be autoimmune in nature as well, too. Some of these conditions on their own can also cause eye manifestations like cataracts as well. So it's really important when you think about alopecia to think about the person as a whole and what other conditions they might have, as well as what types of medications they're taking. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do not realize that a lot of medications have side effects that relate to the eye. Mm -hmm. It can be as mild as blurred vision or more severe, like causing damage to the retina. I wouldn't say that the more severe complications are very common. Probably say the most common are what dry eye and blurred vision maybe. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's just important to kind of know what medications you're taking and to not leave your eyeballs out. People leave eyeballs out all the time. They don't think about Mm -hmm. what happens to their eye. They think about just kind of the rest of their body. Right. Um, So, And you may see blurred vision as something that's, oh, you know, I can handle a little right. blurry vision or whatever, but when that actually happens to you, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a pleasant experience. And it, like you said, it's really good to be aware of these side effects because so often they say, okay, let's just do this and we'll try it for six weeks and we'll talk about hair growth, but we're not talking about all these underlying things that do, do happen with our eyes. So, right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a fantastic episode. People are going to be really interested in hearing more about how they can help their eyes and they're going to appreciate all the input that you gave them. And advice. So I just want to say thank you so much for being with us today on Alopecia Life. Absolutely. I want to thank you for having me. I really enjoy talking about eye health and sharing that uh, experience, that knowledge with others. So I really do appreciate you having me. I'll kind of keep you in the loop if people are asking questions, specific questions about their high eye health or anything related to alopecia. And that'll be up on the Facebook page when this episode releases. So thank you so much again, Dr. Hill, for joining us. And I appreciate it so much. I appreciate you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending your time with Dr. Hale and me today. She has provided some great resources and there are even more in the show notes. Please feel free to leave comments over on the Alopecia Life Facebook page or on Instagram. Dr. Hale is happy to answer any questions that come up after listening. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.